When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening. It's Midday Madness time. You call, you get on. That's the Midday Madness promise. And the number is 1-300-736-736. The open line number brought to us by Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. You can drop down and see the team. David Janan, Aid, Jim, the whole team, they'd love to see you. Send through your texts. I'll read a heap of texts out as well on the 40 Winks Temper text 0433981116. Consumer's choice when a temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. Heaps to get to and less time today. So jump on the line for a shortened version of Midday Madness. We're heading to the tennis at 2 o'clock. So. A couple of men's semi-finals being played today and tonight. Karen Kachanov and Stefanos Tsitsipas to start at 2.30. So our coverage of the tennis live is going to start from 2 o'clock. Thanks to the good people at Kia and the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar, a pinnacle of engineering Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. And later on tonight, Novak Djokovic and Tommy Paul. So jump on the line now, Midday Madness, one 736 736 anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss. And there is plenty. Um, footy season starts Monday, essentially. I mean, as soon as the Australian Open ends, footy season starts. That's the way it tends to be in the summer. But there's a bit of footy news floating around already, a bit that's just broken. St Kilda Football Club, I'll read from their website, is pleased to announce the appointments of Graham Allen to the role of Head of Talent and Acquisition, and Stephen Silvani as list manager. So the worst-kept secret has been confirmed. Stephen Silvani will join the Saints as list manager. Um, just reading the story, Stephen Silvani, no stranger to the Saints, with a dual premiership player, five-time All-Australian and AFL Hall of Fame inductee, previously holding an assistant coaching role with the club, alongside Ross Lyon from 2007 to 2010. So, yes, the band is well and truly back together. The old band, we spoke to Lenny Hayes a couple of days ago on this program, um, and it's, it's looking exciting. If you're a Saints fan, are you happy with that? I am. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. It's the new improved version of the old band, perhaps even though some of the old band players that were great players and superstar players, unfortunately, unable to play. But they're coaching staff at the moment, and I think it's been pretty good to have a lot of St Kilda back at St Kilda, the way I see it. Obviously, the list isn't quite as good as those old Ross Lyon days, but it might be. one three hundred seven three six seven three six, the open line number. We will cross to the tennis to get an update on all things happening at the tennis a little bit later on. Uh, a couple of other things floating around. Uh, one of the problems with being mic'd up, and I can't wait for the BBL finals. It's been a great BBL season. One of the problems with players being mic'd up in many sports is that they don't actually say anything. They don't want to say anything. They don't want to be tomorrow's headline. Uh, they don't want to give the opposition any ammunition as well, say anything about their opponents. Don't want to give any insight into their own team's game plan. Otherwise, they'll get in trouble with the coach. 
and they don't want to get fined for swearing or saying something wrong either. So there's a lot of reasons players have in various sports to not say anything when they're mic'd up or even refuse to be mic'd up. One of the great things about the Big Bash is that the players want to show some personality. They do give away tactics and reveal game plans. Warney famously took us through his bowling strategy as he was bowling. And earlier this season, uh, Renegades captain Aaron Finch talked us through their against-all-odds victory when they forced their opponent, the Stars, their main rival, to choke up in that game. One round at 736-736. A story in the Herald Sun today uh, headlined Fox Sports and Channel 7 anger over fines for mic'd-up players. Dave Warner copped a $5,000 fine. Moses Enriquez fined $5,000 and Dr. Demerit Point for accidentally swearing. So some players are reportedly now reluctant to wear microphones because cricket's governing body might fine them, even though it is in Cricket Australia's best interest to have their guys mic'd up and making the big bash more entertaining. One of the reasons players offer more on the mics in the big bash is because it's not so serious. It's not the Ashes test. It's not an AFL grand final. Do you like it? Because I think it is a great addition, and I do, I do wish some of the sports, including the AFL, gave players the opportunity to be mic'd up live. So do you want to see it? Do you want to hear more of it in the other sports? Um, in the AFL and many other sports, it's not live quite often. We mic them up, but it's recorded, it's edited, it's checked by the club's media department, and then it's played an hour later. So I'd like to see more of it myself, but it's an interesting story in the BB, on the BBL today in the Herald Sun that caught my eye about the miking up of players. Maybe I'm more interested in it than you are because I'm in broadcasting, but I think it's been a huge addition to the BBL this year. And I'll play a couple of bits of what's happened to the BBL uh, a couple of times this year just to emphasise my point. It's added, it's, it's better than the commentary. And I'm the commentator, you know, that shuts up because it's better than me. Um, got a few things to give away. Signet Boost Power Banks, valid at 59.95. Signet Boost Power Banks will keep your phone tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. Uh, Brett and St Albans, I know you're on the line, got some double passes to the Summer Festival at the Valley, 10th Feb. Experience fun. You won't forget with racing, live music and entertainment, the Summer Festival at the Valley, January 21 to 24. Tickets available at thevalley.com.au. We've got uh, Beer Fest at Katani Gardens. Tickets as well. And some double passes to the Beachside Gift. Watch Australia's best professional sprinters in action. Mentone Reserve, Saturday 4th of February. And uh, we'll be having a chat to Abby Corbord later in the program as well about more about the Beachside Gift. But to your calls, Midday Madness, shortened edition. So jump on the line right now. one 736 736 Brett in St Albans. Welcome to you, Brett. Yeah, g'day, Pipe. Mate, your, your son's a star, mate. I urge any of the listeners, if they want a good night out, head out to any of the piano bar venues and you'll, you might run into the pipe. I'm sure he'll shout you a good <laughs> night out. I'll always shout. If you see me at a piano bar, I'll always shout you one, whether it's a Coke or uh, whether it's a little what's bit the, stronger than that. Which would... word? <laughs> yeah, good. It's, hey, hey, Pipe, if, if I'm in yeah. the venue, uh, just don't yell too loud when my son's uh, at full volume. Although, uh, which venue oh, did you baby. see him at? Uh, Ballarat. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's Ballarat, Bendigo, Geelong. You'll, you'll catch him around. So, uh, hey, great stuff, Brett. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Did he play your song for you? More importantly, he does requests all night. That's what it's all based on. He had to play your request to, to, to nah, get you going, nah, surely. Nah, he, he played someone that I was with. He played a request for them. So next time I go, I'll, uh, I'll have to think of something. I was going to talk about the apricot tree. But uh, yeah, it's, nothing's really growing. In, nothing's really growing in St Albans except daisies at the moment. So 
But, yeah, my uh, apricot yeah. tree didn't didn't fire. I got I got about nine off it this year, yeah. Brett. While we're talking apricots, yeah, the bird, and I've got to say, them, mate. yeah. And uh, what's going on with right. wa- with uh, watermelon this year? Is it a bit harder and not quite as sweet as past summers? Mate, knock me teeth out. I lost my teeth in them. I thought they were the pips. Fair income. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my fangs pipe. <laughs> yeah, they're harder and they're not as sweet as they once were, but the grapes have been good this summer. Anyway, what can I do you sport-wise, Brett? Listen, I've got a quick question for you. I'm having a, having a debate with someone about not who's, the, what, who's got the best 22 this year, but who's got the best spine. So a question for the listeners out there, if they can come up with what they think they're the best spine in the comp is. Don't, don't be too biased, but, uh, yeah, if you can give us an answer, that would be fantastic. You as well, Pipe. I'll, I'll throw you uh, in there too. Yeah, let me have a think All about right. that because that is an interesting question, Brett. I, that's one that I don't want to answer just ad hoc because I want to give it some thought. Um, you know, a couple of teams that have got great forward lines don't have great defences. Um, but when you think of what Carlton's trying to put together uh, with Wiedering, um yeah, I'm just trying to think of... Because I really like their, their two-prong forward setup. If the Cats do still have Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins and, you know, Dangerfield in the middle, it's still pretty good, their spine, Tom Stewart. So I'd probably still lean towards the Cats being pretty good, but maybe it's front of my mind because I watched them train earlier on this week. Hey, good question, Brett. Um, you're so nice. I should give you a prize, but it sounds like uh, it's a setup. But um, I'm going to give you something anyway. A Signet Boost Power Bank valued at 59.95, and it's not just you that'll get it because I think we've got some for the first couple of callers today. So jump on the line. Brett, great to have you call. 1-300-736-736 is the number if you'd like to join me um, to talk some sport or some apricot trees if you like. Also got some Jimmy Brings vouchers. Jimmy Brings delivers wine, beer and spirits in minutes. Get Jimmy when you need a bevy. Take a break. Back to your calls and your text. Steel Sidebottom is also going to join us after one. So we'll talk to Steel about the Collingwood captaincy and they're playing Geelong round one. So I might even throw that spine question at Steel because they've got an interesting lineup. Mason Cox playing centre half forward. With, with Brody Grundy not there this year and Darcy Cameron rucking. Is that going to work for them going forward? It's been a, a long work in progress, the Mason Cox is a key forward idea. Uh, it does, does bear fruit, if you want to use that apricot tree terminology occasionally, but not as often as you'd like, a bit like my tree. We'll take a break. Back to your calls next. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. What about to McCullum, Shane? He might be trying to shake the sweet one after that first one, or maybe even go inside out again a bit harder, so might try and slide one in there. Fast. When you get insight like that, it is the best when you have the commentary from the players. I love it, having them mic'd up. I hope we keep encouraging it. And I hope some players from other clubs and other sports see what's happening in the BBL and realise that, hey, a bit of personality and a bit of realism uh, when it comes to game style and what you're actually trying to do and real opinion is going to be fantastic. Your thoughts on it, though, one three hundred seven three six seven three six, And plenty of text coming through on it. Uh, give away a heap of prizes, shortened version of 
Midday Madness today, given we're off at two for the tennis. Midday Madness for Melbourne, Roadside Rescue, Wrong Fuel Extraction. Search upshipcreek.com.au, that number, if you'd like to join me. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the open line. A couple of texts that have come through. Um, Geelong has the best spine. Superstar team, not a team of superstars. Peter Alexander and Mitchum. Um, the, the interesting part about Geelong is that they do... They've got both. They are, they are a superstar team when it comes to the individuals in the lineup. I mean, Jeremy Cameron, he's a superstar. I mean, it doesn't matter you know, how critical you can be of Tom Hawkins. He is a superstar. He has been a, a great goal kicker for a long, long period of time. And longevity in this game with your greatness should count for more than it does. We tend to raise the people who have two or three awesome seasons uh, to the highest pedestal because now they kicked a, a 90-goal season or a 100-goal season, but Tom Hawkins over a period of time, without kicking huge numbers, without getting a, a dozen goals in a game next to his name, just keeps on keeping on. So when you add that to the ability to have a Patrick Dangerfield in the middle, um, it's still pretty damn good, even though Danger, I think, will be rested from the middle a bit this year and not used as much. And then you've got uh, Tom Stewart in defence and, and probably De Koning holding down that other spot. It's a pretty good spine. A couple others that have come through. Keep your text coming through if you'd like. Uh, and I'll read a heap of your text out. Dogs have the best future spine in the comp. Norton, Eugle Hagen, Darcy, and this year's number 13 draft pick, Jed, Jed Buslinger. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a long shot, J-Dog, but uh, we're talking now and to be speculating on who's going to be the best key defender is a bit tough when a guy hasn't played yet. We thought uh, Denver Granger Barras was going to slot straight in and be a really good key defender for the Hawks. He hasn't quite been yet. Fisher Mackesy, a couple of years ago with the Adelaide Crows, big raps, early draft pick, but it doesn't always work that way. Um, I want to see players focus on the game. Frustrating seeing players talking to the commentators, laughing at a joke, and then miss a run out or dropped catch. Um, I love seeing the big bash taken seriously. So there's a few that don't necessarily like the commentary. Uh, of course it's better than the commentary because most of the commentators have never played T20 and they don't get it. Um, listening to Glenn Maxwell is so fascinating because he really understands T20 cricket. Listening to people like Mark Waugh, um, banging your head against the wall. I like Mark Waugh, to be honest. I think he's got great insight. But everyone's got their commentators they do and don't like, so I get that as well. Um, Fiona and East Geelong has got a solution for my apricot trees. This has become bizarre. Welcome to you, Fiona. Great to have you on the line. Hello. I'm not sure if I've got a solution, but I can tell you I've had an abundance of apricots this year. Big, large, juicy ones, and they are delicious. So I don't know what you're doing wrong, Dwayne. <laughs> yeah, is it is it the hardness of my soil? Maybe I'm sort of a bit clay where I am. Should I have broken it down a bit? Oh. Is that You're in East Geelong. I'm on top of a hill down at Ceres. Oh, okay. Yes, my soil is definitely not... Um, not a clay soil, quite sandy, so maybe that's your problem. Is it well established? Uh, it is. It's a fairly old one. Is it too old? Is that my oh. problem? Is Do apricot trees have a no. have a life? I don't think right. so. Maybe you need in the um, sort of uh, March, April, give it, give it a really good prune. You might almost need to oh. start again. But you won't oh. get any, if you do that, you won't get any apricots next season. But I think I, I did that several years ago and it's been beautiful since then. Mind you, right. I'm sharing my apricots with um, with the birds and unfortunately perhaps some other little creatures I care not to think about, but there's still plenty for us. Yeah, I've eaten plenty of bugs on mine when they're 
when they're beautiful and sweet and juicy. Uh, I don't mind the odd bug and the old blemish on mine. Uh, great call, Fiona. My wife did print it back hard, so I won't be blaming her for printing it back too hard because that's your advice. Um, I appreciate you joining me. And I've got something for you. We've got, uh, well, we've got a, either a Jimmy Brings voucher. Jimmy Brings delivers wine, beer and spirits in minutes. Get Jimmy when you need a bevy. Or you can head down to the Summer Festival at Mooney Valley. Summer Festival at the Valley. Tent the Feb experience. The fun you won't forget with racing, live music and entertainment. The Summer Festival at the Valley, January 21 to 24. Tickets from thevalley.com.au. It's uh, Dwayne Russell's fruit show at the moment. Uh, Mark from Bacchus Marsh, you want to bring us back to some sport? Welcome to you. Hey, Dwayne. How you going, mate? Yeah, I good. What do you got for show me? And you're doing... I just thought I'd just speed up all the pleasantries there. Hey, just a quickie on your little tree uh, not growing uh, too many apricots. Tell you a little trick that the old, the old, uh, the old European boys used to do. They used to yep. throw some old metal, cast iron metal, at the base of the fruit trees. Right. And the rust, when they rust, it goes into the ground, and that makes the ground super, super good. It's like awesome fertilizer, if you know what I mean. So right. yeah, you throw some old rusty metal at the base. You let the uh, minerals and that seep into the dirt, and all of a sudden the uh, fruit is a lot better. I've got a bit of old rusty um, metal. I'll give, I'll give that a run. Um, appreciate now, you going. you got to get a, a bit of a real sport for me, have you? Yeah, now, because it's so early before the season starts, it gives you time for a bit of planning. You can use a text machine, and we've got, you know, all the boys and girls out there that text in. And you can come up with your own categories that have, like, votes for the season, like best defence, best forward line. At the end of every round, on a Monday, you know, you do your vote. And, you know, it's Dwayne's Awards or Midday Madness Awards. You can structure it how you like. Best best spine, for example. Um, best ruck division. I don't know. It's up to you, Dwayne, and the listeners maybe put it out there. But you could actually set it up this year before yeah. the season starts and have, you know, your voting category. Because, like, best spine, on paper, the dogs potentially, on paper right now, look like they could have the best spine. But we don't know yet, do we? Um, no, we don't. So, but we got... But on 2022, it's July 5. So, Appreciate your call, Mark. Um, I do need to take a break and get to some other calls. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. if you want to jump on the line, uh, talk some more footy. I don't, want to, I don't want to put too many categories on the show every day because I like letting the show swing for you to decide where we head most times. So, um, yeah, but I don't mind the category idea. It's just that I'd rather the show every Monday and Tuesday come off the top with people setting the agenda. That's the beauty of the show for me, taking me in a direction that I don't necessarily think we're going to go in, but we tend to go in it. A bit like, well, not necessarily the fruit tree direction, even though there's a lot of text coming through. Uh, throw a handful of gypsum under the tree. Breaks clay up. Thanks for that tip as well. Uh, great spine. May, Lever, Oliver, Tom McDonald, Bailey Fritch, Ben Brown. Um, not to mention uh, Grundy resting or Gorn resting at centre-half forward. Uh, that's from Steve... Yeah, I'm not sure Melbourne on paper. I mean, Ben Brown's a good player, but he's not Tom Hawkins. And that's the difference. I don't think Melbourne has had that forward line, spine forward line. Bailey Fritch is a great player, but he's not a key forward either. Um, and, you know, Tom McDonald, when he's played forward, they've had Wiedemann forward. I know Wiedemann's not going to be there for 2023. But they've had so many options that they've tried through there to get that spine inside 50 and inside their forward line solid. But it hasn't quite worked. Yes, they want a flag, so it proves that you don't necessarily need both your key forward posts to be superstars, but it helps if you've got 
a fantastic spine behind that. And when you've got the midfield that Melbourne has had, when you've got uh, Gorn in the ruck, you've got Oliver uh, in the middle and Petrarca in the middle, and you've got May and Lever behind the ball as your keys, it helps a hell of a lot. Luke Jackson's going to be a bit of a loss for Melbourne unless Brody Grundy can play a bit of time as a key forward. So we're, we're all watching to see whether Brody Grundy can provide the key forward uh, impact that Luke Jackson did at times. Uh, Carlton Spine has the last two Coleman medalists. Jacob Wietering uh, would be an All-Australian if he wasn't for injury. Uh, the reigning Brownlow medalist in the middle. And you fit McGovern and Pitonet with developing Deconing. And Lewis Young looks pretty good. Yeah, I think Carlton Spine does look pretty good. It was interesting to hear David King talk about McGovern on the track for Carlton last week, saying how, or earlier this week, saying how good he looked. It's a great sign if that's the case. David in Mernda, you got a thought on Sauce being back at the Saints. Welcome to you, David. Yeah, get it, get it, uh, Look, I, I'm actually looking forward to uh, having Sauce back there. Um, I think we're all aware of, you know, what he achieved last time when him and Ross the boss worked together. You know, they're only a bounce away from winning a flag. But um, obviously he's going to have some sort of connection also there with the Coning from Carlton. So is there a possibility there um, with the link between um, Soss and De Koning, could he end up down at, at Amarabin? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure of the, the different conspiracy theories that are going to be sparked by this, David, but I'm looking forward to a few of them. Um, I was just, I'm just enjoying the fact that he is back there and the band's getting back together, uh, regardless of the fact that this whole De Koning story is emanated today to, and headed in its own direction as an offshoot. So where he ends up is going to be something that will continue to chase. I appreciate your call, David. Got something for you as well. Four tickets to the Melbourne Beer Fest, Katani Gardens, St Kilda, Saturday 25th of Feb. Uh, tickets available from www.beerfestivals.com.au. And we've still got some double passes to the Beachside Gift to give away. So if you want a couple of those, you can head to the Beachside Gift on us as well. Watch Australia's best professional sprinters in action at Mentone Reserve, Saturday 4th of Feb. Back with more of your calls. Still side bottom to join us straight out at 1 o'clock. Shortened version of Midday Madness today with the tennis to start at 2. Here with Dwayneswell. Always great to have your company for Midday Madness and for Dwayneswell. Midday Madness for Melbourne Roadside Rescue. Wrong fuel extraction. Search up shipcreek.com.au. Head back to your calls very shortly, give away a few more prizes. And in the next hour, or very shortly, in fact, we'll give you an Australian Open update. Thanks to Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar, a pinnacle of engineering Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Tennis to start, because I'm finishing early, and the tennis is on at 2.30. It'll be tennis coming away on this station you're listening to now with Karen Kachanov and Stefanos Sissipas up first, and then the other men's semi-final, Novak Djokovic and Tommy Paul being played tonight. A couple of stories emanating from the tennis. Obviously, there's the big story with Novak Djokovic's father. It's been talked about all morning. And Victoria Azarenka, it was interesting. I want to play a little bit of Victoria Azarenka's press conference, if you haven't heard it. Too smart to fall for, I think, a journo baiting her and fishing for a headline. I like what Azarenka did. If a journo wants to write a story, they often go into a press conference searching for a quote that will give it their story meat and give it a read. Now, Victoria Azarenka handled it all pretty well. I mean, journos need headlines and articles to get read, and divisive and political articles get read more widely than an article simply about how good someone's forehand or backhand is. Uh, here's Victoria Azarenka at the press conference last night handling the questions in a direction she didn't want to go in pretty well. There's been a, a, a lot of scrutiny about 
a lot of the Russian and Belarusian players here, and I'm sure even if you weren't looking at social, you would have seen there was an incident with Novak's um, dad last night. For someone, is it difficult for you when you go out there to put all those things out of your mind as well? And you know, um, do 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 you think there are other players who, who get impacted by it? Other players get impacted by what exactly are you asking me? Distractions out of their hands and, and the constant sort of um, news and talk about I mean, know, issues. News, like news are coming from who? Well, from everyone, <laughs> social we, media. You were here talk. talking about it right now, so you, obviously it's a topic that you want to continue to bring up and up and up again. So I don't know what, what do you want me to say. For you, I mean, you're able to distance yourself from completely. Does it concern you at all? Do you think about it? Uh, as a fellow player, do you think it would have how difficult that might be for Novak? Um, I don't know what it has to do with Novak at all, to be fair. So <laughs> I've spoken to actually um, a security guard today who is, who is walking me to practice every day. Is, uh, I know him for years, and I just asked him what was the accident last year. So he explained to me, you know, and... Uh, I, I don't know what you guys want us to do about it. Like, talk about it. I, 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 don't, I don't know what's, what's the goal here that um, it's continuously brought up and uh, these incidents that, in my opinion, have nothing to do with players, but somehow you keep dragging players into it. So what's the goal here? I think you should ask yourself that question, not me clarify on that though does it frustrate you that you know particularly last night for example there was a clear sort of pro-russian demonstration happening within the grounds of the tournament that these people are coming and using the australian open as a platform for this these kind of demonstrations does that frustrate you the whatever the answer i'm going to give it to you right now it's going to be turned whichever way you want to turn it to does it bother me? What bothers me is there's real things that's going on in the world. And I don't know, are you a politician? Are you? Are you covering politics? No, I'm a sports journalist. Yes, and I'm a sports, and I'm an athlete. And you're asking me about things that maybe somebody says are in my control, but I don't believe that. So I don't know what you want me to answer. And if it's a provocative question, then... You know, you can, you can spin the story however you want. Victoria Azarenka last night. And sometimes, you know, tennis players just want to play tennis, not be clickbait on a major political issue that they no doubt have an opinion on, but don't want that opinion to be run as a part of an agenda that someone else might be wanting to set. It's an interesting comeback from Victoria Azarenka. I thought she handled it extremely well last night. Have you got a thought on that? And Louise Fleming's going to join us in the next hour of the program to talk more about it. We'll come back to your calls next. Send through your text 0433981116 on the 40 Winks Temper Test. Consumer's Choice winner, temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. And you can jump on the open line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Shortened version of Dwayne's World of Midday Madness today and still Cybon to join us in about 20 minutes from now. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Grab your calls. Tony and Mitchum, thanks for holding. Tony, welcome to you. Uh, thanks, Dave. Uh, Dwayne. 
I was hoping that uh, during your interview with Steel Sidebottom, you could ask him about some of the younger players who have been drafted in the last two or three years and which of those are likely to get games in 2023. Well, there's a couple that go all right. Um, young Dacos looks pretty good. You've lost Ollie Henry. Anyone specific you want me to ask about? Uh, uh, kids like Arlo Draper, Harvey Harrison, uh, Cooper Murley, Reef McInnes. Okay, all right, I'll write those down and uh, throw a couple of questions at him uh, on the young kids coming through. Tony, appreciate your contribution. Still side, but enjoy me out of the 1 o'clock news. And you've got something coming your way as well, a double pass to the Beachside Gift. Watch Australia's best professional sprinters in action, Mentone Reserve, Saturday 4th of Feb, and a Brick Lane Brewing Voucher. Brick Lane, one love pale ale, a perfect for all occasions, and the ultimate crowd pleaser, drink responsibly. Aaron in Donvale, welcome to you, Aaron. Hey, Dwayne, how you doing? Yeah, good. Good. I, uh, I, I've got some AFL predictions, mate. I think Melbourne will, will win the flag this year. I'm, I'm, I'm a Saints supporter, but I think um, between Grundy and Gorn, I reckon they'll be able to share the load up forward. And I think Lockie Hunter is a sneaky pick-up for them. I reckon he could be a 25-position player every week on the wing. I agree with you 100%. They've got two genuine great wingmen now. And I agree with you. The, the Grundy recruitment's already paid off. Because if Max Gorn needs extra time to come back, uh, there's no panic at Melbourne. They've got a great ruckman. If Max Gorn has a season where he has to miss a game because he gets a bit of hamstring tightness, well, they've got a number one ruck. I know they did have with Luke Jackson last year as well to back up, but um, no, I think it's been, it's been worth the money already, even as an insurance policy, let alone when they do have a two-pronged ruck set up that might actually be you know, the, the, the trick that wins them this flag because no one else can match it. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think I actually think Hollywood will miss the finals this year. Um, I, I think the, the players that they let go in, Grundy and Henry in particular, I think they're better players than the players they got in. I think Dan McStay is going to be a, a bit of a flop. And the amount of games they won by a goal or less last year, I think it was uh, 10 games or something, if they all of a sudden lose three of those games, three or four of those games, they miss finals. So I think, I think they've got a lot of work to do. And also, a lot of their older players, they rely on Pendlebury, Sidebottom. These kind of guys are getting uh, another year older. So I think Collingwood are going to be a surprise to miss the, miss the finals. Yeah, look, I can't disagree with anything you've said, Aaron, other than that I think they still might squeak in. But Pendlebury's 35 now, still Sidebottom's, what, 32. I think Ollie Henry's going to be a star. So I think his upside is huge. We've only seen a little glimpse of him, but... Gee, when he's good, he's very, very good. So I think he's going to be a star, Ollie Henry. Uh, so he's going to be a big loss. Um, and not having Grundy... Not having Grundy there, even though he wasn't playing, was huge for Mason Cox, I think, and Darcy Cameron. And I, we better play well, because the big boy's coming back soon. So I appreciate your call, Aaron. And now I'm agreeing with a lot of what you've had to say, hold the line, we've got a Signet Boost power bank for you as well, valued at fifty nine ninety five. Signet Boost power banks will keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. Uh, John on the road, welcome to you, John. Yeah, thank you, Dino. Yeah, look, um, in relation to Melbourne, I agree, I reckon there'll be a, a massive chance for the flag, but I don't think it's because of Grundy. I mean, you know, one good ruckman is all you need with a, with a good support, but I reckon they've done pretty well in in filling some of the holes that perhaps were not up to scratch and, and that's the addition of a winger and one mm. or two others. Um, 
And and one more thing, Brian, just uh, on the back of uh, a caller asking um, to ask Sidebottom about some youngsters, I really want to know a little bit more about Joe Richards, the mature age recruit that was uh, played out in the country. And, um, yeah, I reckon I reckon he's a jet and, and, a, and a first round starter for sure. But I'd like a little bit more information from Sidey if, um, if he's up to it. I hope he's done his background research on some of these kids and the new guys at the club. They've only been back for a week, so uh, I know what it was like in the old days. Uh, the senior players uh, often wouldn't even know who some of the guys were training until about round one. Hey, appreciate your call. John, really appreciate you jumping on the line. Um, and uh, I need to take a break, but we've got something for you as well. Double pass to the Summer Festival at the Valley, 10th of Feb. Experience fun. You won't forget with racing, live music and entertainment at the Summer Festival at The Valley, January 21 to 24. Tickets at thevalley.com.au. A couple of texts before I take a break and uh, come back with plenty more, including still side bottom out of one. Uh, I remember when sport journos asked questions about the actual sport. These clickbait journalists are getting so tiring. Uh, thanks for that. Um, Dwayne, we put some metal filings around our lemon tree a few years ago when it wasn't producing lemons. Next year, boom, lemons everywhere. My lemon tree's been pretty good, I've got to say. Uh, one from Dean, uh, peaches aren't very big anymore. I remember in New Zealand, on our home trees, huge peaches and plums. Uh, thanks for that, Dean. Yeah, the peaches aren't as juicy as I remember them growing up in SA as well, but my dad was pretty good with the peach trees. Um, thanks for your text on fruit. I appreciate it. Uh, as a rank is spot on, Dwayne, athletes should just walk out of these media press conferences and just do their own interviews regarding their games, etc., on their own social platform. If the mainstream media want to go down this clickbait rubbish, then they'll lose the mass audience, which is dropping every year. Uh, Burger from Chatty. Yeah, the interesting part is that's what the journos, they want to write a story that gets read, and editors want them to write stories that get read. And the political stories... Get read if it's a, you know, it's a juicy story about someone's relationship. I mean, it gets read, as opposed to uh, someone's got a really good forehand and they've worked on it really well over the last three months to get themselves to this stage of being able to win a Grand Slam. Uh, Geelong, Geelong, Geelong. Every day, it's all you talk about, Dwayne. Any chance of talking about other teams as well? Well, we have talked about a lot of other teams. I've got a question as to who's got the best spine. There is a team called Geelong that just happened to have won the flag, and they do have the best spine. So uh, apologies for that answer. Uh, why would reporters ask stupid questions like that? Sounds ridiculous. Give the lady a break. She just lost more professionalism, please. That's from Dean. You know, the beauty of it, I think, is that Victoria Azarenka handled it so well. Richmond has a good spine. Revolt, Cochin, Shea Bolton, Vloston. Yeah, Dean, they've got a good spine, but it needs to be... It needs to have some regeneration because Cochin's a year older, Revolt's a year older. I don't think we can expect the season from Jack Rewalt and Trent Cochin that we've been getting. So that's the issue with Richmond, but they have recruited extremely well. That's why I'm confident they can regenerate quickly, uh, even though it's more a midfield regeneration rather than a key post-regeneration. Uh, Twino, what's your musical background? Do you have any secret musical talent that you've passed down? No. Um, don't know where my son got it from. Didn't get it from me. He can sing, he can play piano, and he's got this ridiculous ability to be able to play a song if he's heard it. Um, which is why he does the request bars. Anyway, um, I can't do that, can't do any of it. But there's something beautiful about having your kids do something you can't do. You can't give them any advice. We'll take a break. Back with more next. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell.
Trevor, your calls and your texts for Midday Madness. Shortened edition today with the tennis to come your way on the station. You're listening to now from 2 o'clock. Cats, uh, best spine. Don't think so, Dwayne. Don't barrack for them, but give me Mackay, Kerno, Cripps, Marchbank, Wiedering. That's from Lee. Thanks for your contribution on the text, Lee. Brisbane spine is pretty good. Uh, yeah, Brisbane spine's interesting. Hipwood's not all, always reliable, and Danaher's not always reliable, and... Uh, Andrews, Harris Andrews and Gardner in defence got torn apart a couple of times last year. Marcus Adams is not going to be available this year for Brisbane. Um, I think sometimes your flankers make your spine really good. And I think that's where Melbourne's spine is great because they didn't have to have two superstar key forwards. They're flankers and they're crummers and they're lead-up guys like Bailey Fritch, Pickett, etc. make that forward line work and work well. I think that's sometimes the benefit of of having to manufacture a forward line if you don't have the key guys. And I think Brisbane's still a bit of a question mark for me. Uh, There's enough stories to write from the actual sport being played and some of these so-called sport journalists trying to create stories just to get clicks in their articles. Quite a few still coming through on that off the back of Victoria Azarenka's performance at the press conference last night, which uh, she lost, but their performance in the press conference was a win. Um, Dwayne, the AFL modified the protected area uh, last year and stand rule this year after belatedly realising teams were milking cheap 50-minute penalties to gift them crucial goals. Remember my calls to you this time last year pleading for these modifications. Dom, uh, you got your way, Dom. Well done to you. It'd be great that you've rattled that cage and all those people have rattled the cage. It has changed. And finally, if you fake to handball and try and get the guy on the mark to jump, if you fake to kick and try and get the guy on the mark to jump, you won't get 50-minute penalties given to you. And uh, you look silly for doing it, I suppose, especially if the umpire just calls you play on. So, yeah, that's changed. Uh, best peaches are in Cobram, Dwayne. Size of tennis balls and juicy, delicious. Uh, nothing better than a good cold peach in the middle of summer out of the fridge. So, uh, yeah, send one my way. Um, hi, Dwayne. Great comment on Tom Hawkins. Uh, he has played at a high level for so many years. Did you play with his dad, Jack? Uh, terrific player, great high mark. That's from Susan. No, I didn't. Um, but I uh, got to meet the great Jumping Jack Hawkins a few times. And, uh, yeah, what a great gentleman he has been. Um, keep your texts coming through. Uh, keep you <laughs> keep your calls coming through. I uh, just got a text from my daughter saying that I've said um too many times on the radio today. So cheerio to you, Summer, wherever you're driving, if you're driving home for lunch. Um, Dwayne, why do you think something grown in the ground might be tasting poor lately compared to something grown on tree or vine? We've just experienced record floods to half of the country. Uh, thanks for that text as well. Uh, keep your text coming through. John in Port Augusta, you'll have to be quick, John. Thanks for holding. Yeah, Dwayne. The Mighty Fox footy, are they covering the Port Fremantle pre-season game this year? And are there any new games on Fox... Uh, new games. Any new shows on Fox footy, like Saturday Night Live last year and all the rest of it? Thanks, Dwayne. Well, yeah, uh, Saturday Night Live, uh, if you want to call it that, we'll be back. Best on ground, we'll be back. No Nick Rewalt on Best on Ground, we understand, given the press reports. But I haven't been into Fox this year, John. I've got a meeting in there Tuesday or Wednesday next week. So I'll find out what's going on Tuesday or Wednesday next week, uh, when, by which time we should have the, the proper, complete fixture for the one preseason game released by the AFL. I presume Fox will bring everybody their one preseason game over the preseason, Community Cup, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, I look forward to broadcasting that for you, John. That Port Fremantle game being one of them.
Take a break. Still side bottom to join us straight after this live from the tennis. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World. We'll head back to your calls in about 15, 20 minutes' time. But after 2 o'clock, by the way, tennis coming your way thanks to the Kia all-electric EV6 GT supercar, a pinnacle of engineering, the Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Two men's semifinals today and tonight. You'll hear on SEN. And we're at the tennis now because Steel Sidebottom has been invited to the tennis as a guest of Emirates, the major sponsor, one of the major sponsors of the Pies. And he's been good enough to head down to the commentary box and have a chat to me. Welcome to you, Steel. Great to have you on. Thanks, Lane. It's a pleasure to be on. Thank you. How's married life? You got married over the summer, not long after the season finishing? Yes. Uh, yeah, got married at the end of uh, October. Um, I mean, things haven't changed too much, to be honest. A um, little bit of a hole in the pocket after the wedding, but um, yeah, married life has been great so far. And uh, what have you done over the summer? Did you get away? Did you take your mind away from footy for a little while? Yeah, so um, obviously got a little girl, Matilda, now, who's just over two. So um, after the wedding, we just went up to Byron for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, didn't head overseas or anything like that. Sort of kept it local. Um, Alicia still had to work as well. So she doesn't have the luxury of us footballers are getting all that time <laughs> off. So, um, yeah, we enjoyed a couple of weeks after the wedding up at Byron. And, um, yeah, really loved that. Did you play tennis? You're at the tennis as a guest of Emirates today. Yes, I am. I'm a bit blown away, to be honest. I haven't been in here before, and um, I was expecting just to come to the tennis, but um, I'm being very well looked after by Emirates today, who's obviously a major sponsor of our footy club as well. So um, me and my wife, Alicia, got here probably half an hour ago, and we're just about to eat lunch before the tennis. So, um, yeah, we've been looked after very well. I won't hold you up too much, but year two, Craig McRae played this attacking, brave, daring footy last year has there been much tinkering with your game style in the early meetings you've had for for this year um only little ones Wayne. i think um yeah we want to be you know known as that exciting sort of um fast forward footy team so um we'll try and continue to play that way um yeah there'll be certainly some tweaks in our game plan no doubt like every other team will but um nothing major i don't think at the moment um but, yeah, we've sort of hit the ground running and, yeah, can't wait for the start of the season already, really. So a couple of little changes maybe by necessity. You have been watching the development of Mason Cox as a centre-half forward for a while. You lose Brodie Grundy, much publicised, but Darcy Cameron's been doing a good job in the ruck. Is it, look, is it looking like the Mason Cox experiment will be the thing that you hope to continue bear fruit in 2023? Yeah, well, I think there's, there's no doubt he's going to have to spend some time in the ruck. Um, sort of, yeah, like the back half last year when, when Brody wasn't available. But, um, you know, I think him and Darcy sort of built a good little partnership. You know, when one was in the ruck, one was up forward. And, um, you know, we've added some forward stocks and some defence. So, um, yeah, I, I, I guess the people that we've brought in over the break, it's it's going to make, um, you know, spots tough to come by, which is a nice place for any footy club to be in. So, um, yeah, Coxie will have a role to play, probably similar to what he did last year, but he'll definitely spend some time in the ruck, I would have thought. And the evolution of Nick Dacos, where's his next spot? Where do you think he'll play the majority of his career? Oh, wherever he wanted, really. Um, <laughs> I, I, he's, yeah, he's 
a star. Um, he's been doing a little bit of midfield stuff, um, half back, but you know, I, I just think he's someone that you know want the ball in his hands. He very rarely makes mistakes, and he's never flustered. So um, yeah, I guess wherever he settles, um, yeah, he'll be great wherever it is. So his body's still relatively young, but do you see him as a centre square starter at some stage? Yeah, I think no doubt. Um, I, I just think he, like, you know, some guys have it. They just run to the right spots. Um, he's put on like plenty of size, even just over um, the break we've had this year. So, um, yeah, whether it's this year or next year, he'll definitely spend time in the middle. And, um, yeah, I think he just reads the footy so well. And as I mentioned, you just want the ball in those kind of guys' hands. You've had an amazing career, Steele. You're a premiership player, All-Australian, two-time BNF. You'll play your 300th game this year. It's 300 games at one club. It's been, I mean, do you look back at all or is that you're 32 years of age? I suppose the question I'm asking you is you've been on, under the microscope all your life. You're at the biggest club in Australia, arguably, um, but you still sound fresh as if you're enjoying it just as much as ever. Yeah, I, you're correct. I, I love playing footy. Um, you know, sometimes I don't enjoy all the stuff that comes with it, but, you know, to be able to, um, as you said, play for the, you know, the best club in the land, um, you know, I, I definitely do pinch myself. Um, I don't have a lot going on outside of footy, so I'll keep keep trying to play for as long as I can. But, um, yeah, the footy club is, is a great place for, for young guys like myself to be able to just go there and be themselves. And, um, yeah, in terms of my body, I, I feel pretty good. There's no doubt that, you know, I, I feel the little niggles a little bit more than probably what I did five years ago. But, um, yeah, I still feel like I've got a little bit of run left in my legs. And um, whether that be, you know, two more years, three more years, who knows. But, um, yeah, I'll be playing for as long as I can. And, um, yeah, I, I love the job I have. So is that the ability you've got now with modern science, uh, you know, physio, doctor advice that as a 32-year-old, and Pendle's a 35, so on that measure, you've still got three years left. Um, but yeah. you can actually extend careers these days? Yeah, I think so. And I, I think the people in charge of, you know, like the head of footy and um, head of fitness, all that kind of stuff, it's, you know, guys aren't just thrown out to every session anymore. Like, you know, there's, there's times where, you know, they might pull you out of a session or, you know, going forward for me, there might even be times where I miss a game or two. So, um, I think the people that are in charge of, you know, players these days have got so much knowledge and there's so much sort of research that goes into everything that, um, yeah, I, I think there's, there's definitely um, guys are going to be able to extend their careers and, um, yeah, hopefully I can be one of those. And you play in front of big crowds every week as well, Steele. So the adrenaline rush, I mean, you're not going to get it post-career like you get it with Collingwood. It must be so exciting to know every time you... Well, this, this year you play... Geelong round one MCG Friday night. I mean, you're playing the premiers, the reigning premiers. There'll probably be 90-odd thousand there for that. It must be a genuine excitement factor every time you put your boots on. It is. It's, it's amazing. And, um, you know, we, we were lucky during that COVID um, period to be able to play footy, but to have no crowds there, um, you know, it's given me a bigger appreciation of how lucky, you know, we are to play in front of those big crowds and, um, you know, the, the season we had last year with all those close wins, um, you know, fans just get behind her and sort of ride ride the wave with you. So hopefully those waves keep getting bigger and stronger and um, maybe we have, um, you know, more of those wins. Hopefully not as close. Um, with quite a few more goals would be nice. But 
um, yeah, I'm definitely in, you know, such a um, fortunate position um, playing footy in the AFL and, and definitely for Collingwood. And you're not a social media beast. You're not sort of, I presume you're not on social media all the time. I mean, look at your Instagram, you know, you post occasionally, obviously. But the, the, the bad as a trade-off, there is so much good. You believe that the occasional time where you do get maybe disturbed in a restaurant or whatever is a trade-off you're happy to give? Well, I, I think it's just it's how it is. Um, that's how sort of the world runs these days. And if, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, ideally it sort of it, it doesn't happen. But, um, you know, there's, there's some people out there that sort of, you know, want names for themselves by doing things that probably aren't the right thing to do. But, um, yeah, I guess it's just making smart decisions and trying not to put yourself in too many of those positions, really. Captaincy, it's a big talking point. Do you want to weigh in? Who gets it? I don't know, to be honest. Um, yeah, I've been asked a few times. Um, yeah, as you would know, there's clearly a few guys that um, that, that could, could get it. Um, we've had our sort of voting process, so I'll presume in the next sort of couple of weeks that that'll get it get announced. So, um, you know, it's an exciting um, period for the footy club. You know, we sort of haven't had to vote on a captain for, for a long time now, I think was almost, you know, after Maxi Pendles, you know, was almost given it as, as he should have been. So, um, yeah, it's an exciting time for, for somebody else to step up and, and lead the footy club and, um, yeah, sort of make it their own, really. So how was the voting done? Did you vote like a two, three and one as to who you wanted it? Did you vote a group of guys that you thought it should come from? How were, they, how were you asked? Yeah, so it was just you sort of had your votes and there's, yeah, diff- different kind of... Um, criteria that um, that are sort of in as as to be voted on and um, yeah you've got a few votes for each of those and, and you put your guy who you think's the strongest in those areas um, up the top and I suppose as as all um, votes they get tallied and um, the guy at the top I think obviously it's got to get um, you know checked off by the board and all those kinds of things but um, yeah it'll be it'll be interesting in, interesting sorry to see who gets it because as I said there's a few guys that, you know, I think can definitely lead the footy club. And I know you won't tell me who you voted for, so let me ask you a different question. Do you see Collingwood as a one-captain kind of club? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, but no, I, I don't think so. I think it could it could be, it could be either, really. Um, yeah, I'm not pro one or two, really, as co-captain. So um, if the call was to have co-captains, then, um, yeah, that would sit fine with me. And you've obviously been a leader for a long, long period of time. So whoever gets it, I mean, they have great surround you. Pendles are still playing. You're still there. So, I mean, whoever gets it, it's still, it's a position, but it's a position where you still need guys with that level head around everybody to be able to make the right choices on and off the field on a daily basis. Yeah, exactly right. And I I think that's the great thing about, you know, Pendles sort of giving the captaincy up now is that, you know, he's still going to be around the footy club. So, um, I guess Pendle's role as well going forward is to sort of help mentor the next person or next persons that um, that get the job. So, um, yeah, whoever gets the job, it's obviously the captain's got the title, but, um, you know, the leadership group and everyone under will be there to, you know, play a role for everyone. Are you heading down to Tassie, are you, to, to play your pre-season game? Yes, I think so. Mah, I don't know what date it is, but yeah, I'm pretty sure we're playing Tassie. I mean, playing Tassie. Not yet. Maybe in a few years, we're playing uh, 
Hawks over in Tassie, yeah. And how's your own uh, summer going? So you'll have an internal hit out, obviously, and before you have that one community game as well against the Hawks? Yeah, so we spent um, the first half of this week down in, <clears throat> sorry, down in Lawn on a little little camp, just sort of get out of Melbourne and break things up a little bit. Um, yeah, that was really enjoyable. Um, a few of us older guys were lucky enough not to have to be back full time until after Christmas. So, um, you know, it was nice sort of just to be able to come in a couple of times a week before Christmas and um, just sort of ease our way back into it. But um, yeah, everyone's all in now, and yeah, looking just really looking forward to to start playing against some opposition, I suppose. Did you get up to BT's house on the hill? We didn't know that BT was, uh, he was around. I did see Brian up there. Um, yeah, we didn't didn't have the luxury of going to his house. I've seen it a few times on social media, but yeah, didn't get the invite. Yeah, his shed's the size of a small suburb, so uh, if you get a chance to get up there, have a look. Still, I'd better let you go for lunch. Great to have a chat to you. Congratulations on the career that you've put together. So much love on the text for you and you've been I mean playing for one club 300 games it's uh it's undersold sometimes it must feel great to you yeah it does and um I was lucky enough to receive life membership to the footy club earlier this year so um yeah that was you know a huge um honor for me and yeah it's it's probably something that you know once I'm finished my career I'll be able to have a look at and um you know just realize how fortunate and how lucky I was to um, land at Collingwood all those years ago. Hey, uh, I had a question from a caller, so I better ask you this. Uh, have you got a couple of young kids or new guys that might break into your team early this season that have been impressing you on the track? Yeah, well, I mean, they've, they've all been good. I think the young guy, Joe Richards, that we got from Langaratta, um, I think he's about 22 or 23, um, little small forward. I think, yeah, he's come in and sort of, um, you know, had, had a mark on the group already. So he's one that... Um, you know, I don't want to put the pressure on him, but potentially we'll, we'll, we'll play some senior footy this year. He mentioned Joe Richards, the caller, so uh, you'll please him because that was the name he was hoping you'd say. Hey, great to have you still. I'll let you get away for lunch. I really appreciate you joining me. It, is a, it makes my show better having great people like you on it. So thanks to you and thanks to Emirates as well for uh, allowing you to come down and, and have some time with me. No worries, Dwayne. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Still side bottom joining us from the bunker at the Australian Open. And the bunker is there thanks to Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar, a pinnacle of engineering Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Luke Fleming's also going to join us from the bunker to give us a preview. And the quiz is still to come as well. The last fan standing quiz thanks to Maccas. So plenty still to come on Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Thanks to all of you who have sent through a text and dialed the number today. Plenty still to come on the program. Plenty still to come on SEN. But an early wrap-up for me on Dwayne's World today at 2 o'clock because the tennis is coming your way after that. Karen Kachanov and Stefanos Sissipas semi-final in the men's, followed by tonight's final, Novak Djokovic and Tommy Paul. It'll be covered by... Our great team, which includes Lou Fleming, who's in the bunker, calling the action for us on SEN Tennis again today. Lou, welcome back. Great to have you back on the program. Yeah, thanks, Dwayne. How are you? I'm good. Firstly, uh, what did you make of yesterday's action in the women and what uh, are you looking forward to most about the Rybakina-Sabalenka final we've got on offer? 
Yeah, I think we pretty much got what we thought we were going to get. Elena Rybakova, just Rybakina, I should say. One of the biggest servers on the WTA Tour. I must say that Vika Azarenka, though, came out incredibly well early in that match, just failed to convert that 4-2 game. And I think from there, the disappointment set in. And Alina, I mean, she has such a big game. The thing with Alina is that when she gets in front, she's a hard train to stop. And I think that was uh, that was the situation just... Azarenka just got a little tight, threw in some double faults, and she'll be thinking about that, unfortunately for her, but Rubikina just too good. On the other side, wow, what a super match as well from Arena Sabalenka. Uh, like, this is getting interesting now because she's never been through to a finals. Obviously, Rubikina has won Wimbledon, but the match last night with Magna, Magda Lynette, I was so impressed. I mean, this young pole, she's worked so hard. She's a counterpuncher and uh, worked really hard in that first set to get it to a tie break. Couldn't quite get the business done. Arena Sabalenka just kind of grew her shot if you look at the numbers and the revolutions when she hits the ball, she hits the ball as hard as the Mets, they, the, as the men's tennis. I think her revolutions were around 7.9. The average for women is around 6.6. She's tracking towards the way the guys, the guys are hitting it with that heaviness. So I tell you, I'm really sorry for the uh, Dunlop balls uh, later mm. in the final tomorrow because they're going to get a hell of a smacking. <laughs> so hopefully it's a ripper. Hopefully we get a, a contest or two today. We might get one. What do you make of catching off the Sissy Pass? Uh, we presume we won't get much of a contest tonight from Tommy Paul against Djokovic. Yeah, look, Sissy uh, Pass and catching off have spent about the same time on court. So neither of them have been really stretched in terms of really using all their energy. Pass. I mean, I think it's time for him, don't you? I mean, she, he's just got that little edge. I think he's got a little bit more uh, firepower. He's coming in as the number three seed. He's the highest seed still left in the open. And there's just something that's driving this man this year. I mean, we know he wants to buy real estate here, and I think he wants to have some real estate on Rod Laver Arena. Um, <laughs> I think he's going to get past Karchanov uh, tonight. I just think he's just yeah, really been playing some fabulous tennis. He can move the ball a little bit more than than Karchanov. The second match, well, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because if you're Tommy Paul, you kind of almost got to book your flight out tomorrow. He's ranked 35 in the world, and he just missed out on getting a seed unfortunately for Tommy but he's played a phenomenal uh, Australian Open probably didn't think he was going to get to the semi-finals they have never played against each other again so I think before so I think that's uh, it's going to be a tough one for for Tommy but Novak has really rated uh, Tommy and he said he's an unbelievable competitor He's very explosive, and I think that's what we'll see tonight. He's going to have to get his feet on fire because he's going to do a lot of running tonight. He's got a big serve and a big forehand. Is it as big as Novak's, and can he wear him down? I hardly think so. And what about the political circus that's going to happen around it? Uh, do you think it's going to overshadow the tennis? Uh, there'll be plenty of journos and plenty of microphones thrust, and there'll be plenty of photographers <laughs> ready to go. Yeah. Look, I don't think there's going to be too much ruckus out there. I think Novak has, um, you know, he's been respected throughout. Do I think there's a little burning fire inside that he wants to show the Australians that he would have loved to have played in 2022? Um, yeah, I do. I think there's something really stoking the fire. This, he, he has absolutely been phenomenal uh, the last two weeks, Djokovic. He tried to win the, the, the hearts, I think, of the Australians as well with the charity event with Nick and himself on that Friday night. And I think he... he 
He really did smooth things out. He's only been on the court 12 hours and 22 minutes. So he literally has just wanted to get out there and, and be a little bit more aggressive this Australian Open, I think. Whether the hamstring is, is something that's really impacting him, I don't think so. Um, I think he said after Alex Dimonar, there's nothing, you know, I didn't feel any pain. Um, and certainly against Re- Rublev, I mean, he was phenomenal. So it, it's really a tough one for for um, Tommy Paul. He's 35 in the world. I would say if he could squeeze out a set, that would be phenomenal. You never know. He's 25 years of age. He's 10 years younger, so he might have a little more legs. But I don't think he's got... He hasn't got the meaning to really overcome probably the best player in the world at the moment, Novak Djokovic. Louise, look forward to you being part of the coverage again from 2 o'clock. Thanks for joining me. We'll talk soon. Brilliant. Thanks, Dwayne. I cannot wait. Louise Fleming in the bunker. So we need to take a break. Still a bit to come on the program, including the last fan standing quiz. So if you want to jump on the line now, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Last fan standing quiz will give you a chance to be the last fan standing today and get into the run to be the last fan standing Monday, January 30, when all the winners get together and try to get crowned the last fan standing and win their flights to Delhi for the second test, India v Australia. one 736 736 Jump on the line now. Last fan standing. Thanks to Mackers. Last fan standing quiz time. Jump on the line, one 736 Together with Maccas, we're giving you and a mate the chance to win a trip to Delhi for the second test, India v Australia, in Feb. All thanks to Maccas. All you have to be doing is uh, end up our last fan standing at the end of this competition, which is Monday, January 30. So each weekday and summer breakfast down on Dwayne's World, we'll be giving you 11 cricket questions. Answer correctly, you keep going. Incorrect, you're out. We'll take the next caller. The last fan standing after the 11th question will have the chance to win the prize. And it's on Monday, January 30. Everyone who's won across the last couple of weeks on Monday have the chance to win with Summer Breakfast 11 questions. And if you get the 11th question correct, you'll be crowned the last fan standing and win yourself. Flights for you and a mate to Delhi. Five nights premium five-star accommodation. Attend a sports lunch with the SEN commentary team. Corporate hospitality at the cricket. $1,000 spending money. And it's all thanks to Maccas. Glenn in Melton, you're first up. Glenn, welcome to you. How are you, Pops? I'm good. I hope you're ready to go. Question one. Name one of the two international teams that will be in Australia next summer. Pakistan. Well done. Question two. A king pair is when a player across two innings does what? Golden duck. Good work. Question three. What colour ball is used in day-night test match cricket? The pink ball. Question four, you're going well. True or false? Uh, Alistair Cook has the highest score of any overseas player at the MCG. True. Well done, 244, not out, I think. In 2008, at the SCG, Michael Clark took how many wickets in the final over against India to see Australia win the game? How many wickets did he take? Three. Done. Question five. Question six. Which South African holds the record for the fastest ever one-day international century of just 31 balls? David Miller. Thanks for your call. Alan and Sandringham, you there, Alan? Yes, yep. Which South African holds the record fastest ever one-day international century of just 31 balls? Um, no idea. Lance Kluzner. Thank you. Dean in Ringwood. Welcome to you, Dean. 
Hello? Yeah, Dean. Yeah, good day, mate. Which yeah, South African? Um, uh, well done to you. Well done. True or false? 2001 was the last time Australia won an Ashes series in England. Well done. Question eight. What city is the first test between India and Australia this summer taking place? Coming up. Uh, I read in the paper this morning. Uh, uh, Bangalore. Thanks for your call. Nick and East Bentley. Welcome to you, Nick. You're in the box seat here. Are you there, Nick? Yes. Sorry, Dwayne. What was the question? Where's, where's the first test? India v Australia coming up, being played. Whereabouts in India? I don't know. Delhi? Second test is there. Thank you. Chris in Reservoir. Welcome to you, Chris. Have you got an answer for us? I don't know. I don't know. Bombay. I don't know. Thank you. Um, Matt. In Aust- Matt, welcome to you. Matt, you're in the box seat here. Welcome to you. G'day, Dwayne. Where is the first Nagpur? test? Nagpur. Correct. Well done to you. All right. Um, true or false? The Adelaide Strikers were penalised with a no ball against the Renegades on Tuesday night for having six fielders on the leg side. Uh, oh, now they did. Oh, I don't know if they got penalised. False. Thank you, Greg in Tambo Upper. What can you hear, Greg? True or false? That was what they were penalised for. True. Well done to you. True or false? Question 10. All-rounder, English superstar, Freddie Fintoff, played for the Brisbane Heat in 2014-2015. True or false? True. This is it. Question 11. This is to be the last fan standing today. True or false? The USA is one of the co-hosts of the 2024 T20 World Cup. Oh, that's a toughie. I'll go true again. Well done to you, Greg. You are our last fan standing today. Nice work by you, and you're in the running on Monday. What a prize it's going to be. Thanks for joining us together with Maccas. Oh, we're giving you and a mate the chance to win a trip to Delhi for the second test, India v Australia in Feb. Thanks to Maccas. All you have to do is be crowned the last fan standing, and it's going to be huge on Monday as part of breakfast, January 30. Flights for you and a mate to Delhi, five nights premium, five-star accommodation, and a whole heap of other stuff, all thanks to Maccas. Thanks to everyone who played today. Thanks to everyone who's been part of the program today, by the way. Still a big finish to come. We're going to talk some monster trucks still to come. We're going to talk some athletics still to come, so make sure you stick around. And then 2 o'clock, it's coming your way. The tennis the semi-finals back-to-back live on SEN Tennis coming away thanks to the Kia All-Electric EV6 GT Supercar, a pinnacle of engineering. Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. And again, uh, that open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. Drop down and see the team at Werribee Kia. They'd love to see you. David, Janan, Aid, Jim and the whole team at Werribee Kia. They'd love you to drop by their way sometime if you're in the market for a new or used car. Stick around. Plenty still to come on the program, including the tennis. A little bit of monster trucks still to come your way as well. You at Dwayne's well.
Twine's World with Twine Russell. Welcome back to the program. Great to have so many of your calls and your texts coming through. Always good to talk a little bit of other sport. And I mentioned Calder Park, 18th of March. The monster trucks are coming to town. If you want to take the kids and the family down, stunts, bikes, jet car, demolition derby, carnival atmosphere, food trucks. Uh, the freestyle motocross is something that uh, just about all ages love. The kids love the monster trucks more than anything, probably. Uh, but it's a day of fun down at Calder Park, 18th of March. And Troy Garcia is a man who's put a lot of it together over time, and he's been good enough to give us a couple of minutes of his time. Troy, welcome to the program. Great to have you on. Yeah, there. thanks for the chat. Yep, great to be here. Normally puts on a pretty big show, and uh, the kids and the families love it every year. Yeah, as you just mentioned, there, there is something for everybody. Um, edge of your seat type of stuff. Wow factors, 100%. Um, you know, that's what we... That's what we aim to do is entertain people and, and, you know, make some great memories for them. And the monster trucks are something the kids absolutely love. Um, and uh, there is a little bit of a danger factor in it. They look fairly safe and they look fairly placid, but everyone, every now and then one flips and tips and just does a somersault and crazy stuff. Um, I presume uh, we're going to get all of that again at Calder Park 8th of March? That's right. This is full-blown. There's going to be backflip and monster trucks. They're going to be sending it, flicking it, turning it, donutting it. Um, yeah, that, that's right. And, and, yes, you do get knocked around in a monster truck. Um, they are four and a half ton. And um, when things go wrong, they come down the wrong way. I mean, it's great when you land on the massive suspension that they have. But when, when, it, when it goes wrong and, and you end upside down or something like that, you do feel it for quite a few days. And the freestyle motocross is a fairly dangerous sport as well, if I can call it that. It's blokes just doing what they used to do in their backyard uh, for, for for good coin these days. That's right. I've come forward loops and bounds. It's just, oh, I'm amazed by it, just standing there, what the guys do. I mean, they don't have any protection like we do in a monster truck, and yet they're putting it all on the line. And, you know, some of the stuff they're doing is just, it's just, they're so quick, so flexible. It's, you know, as I say, it's just, you know, wow. Even to me, it doesn't get old. And the freestyle motocross itself, I mean, this are, these are just guys who have been pretty much building uh, jumps and launch pads in their own backyards and their own properties to refine their act over the course of time. It's become big business now, but um, it was a pretty dangerous thing just to be doing in your backyard to start with. Oh, it was. There was no set rules. There was no jump sizes, no measurements. And, and when it did start, you know, a lot of the tricks that the guys are doing these days, they weren't, they weren't around. People were creating these tricks. They were naming them after themselves, like, you know, Kerry Hart's boyfriend, um, Pink. Pink's boyfriend, Kerry Hart. There's a trick called the heart attack because he was first to do it. Um, yeah. And then there's, there's, you know, so, but, yeah, now it's at that stage where it's just, it's uniform. And the guys, they're just, it is really amazing. They go front flips, back flips, side flips. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And you've got a couple of uh, crusty demons as well. I think Seth Enslow's coming out. I spoke to Bubba as well, but uh, Seth normally puts on a pretty good show. Yeah, the action sport guys, you know, they're remembered for, for their crazy antics and, um, you know, uh, Bubba and his ice cream van and his go-kart antics. And, and um, yeah, the guys are coming out. They're going to be um, involved in the show. Um, you know, we're going to try to get a, well, we will get a car for Bubba. We're going to try to get an ice cream van for him to drive in the demolition derby, which will be a hoot. And they'll be doing meet and greets a couple of weeks before the show. Um, you know, and just given that, you know, that, that, that 
where where the motorbike part really evolved from was you know them guys just jumping big in sand dunes and and crashing and wrecking and destruction and it kind of fits in with our show. Yep, um, spinning, crashing, wrecking, destructing. Uh, sounds like a good day of entertainment. Troy, I look forward to you getting a big crowd. Thanks a lot for joining me. We'll talk soon. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Troy Garcia, Calder Park, 18th of March, Monster Truck Show, but there's more to it um, than just the Monster Trucks. Um, stunts, bikes, jet car, demolition derby, freestyle motocross, uh, all that kind of craziness. And it's a day program as well so it's not going late into the night if you want to take your family down it's going to be pretty good entertainment 18th of march quarter park monster trucks abby caldwell 21 years of age obviously on target to make a big impact in paris in 2024 at the olympic games 1500 meter bronze medalist at the 2022 commonwealth games and running in the Bayside Gift, or the Beachside Gift, I should say. Uh, Bayside, Beachside Gift. And running in the 800, I understand. And we've got some tickets to give away as well over the course of the next week to the Beachside Gift. A few doubles to give away. It's Saturday, 4th of Feb. And uh, it is nice to be involved. Mentone Reserve, Saturday, 4th of Feb. So make sure you uh, check that out online if you want to get your tickets or give us a call. You might be a chance to win some tickets here. Abby joins us for a chat. Uh, Welcome to you, Abby. Great to have you on. Hi, Dwayne. Thanks heaps for having me on. Yeah, it's great to be here. So you're running the 800 of the Beachside Gift, I understand, even though 1500 is more your forte? I'm actually in the two-mile event, so the okay. 3,200 metres. Okay. Didn't you run second in the 800 last year? I sure did. Just a bit of variety in the uh, racing across the year. And, yeah, so we're bumping up to the two-mile this year, which will be a bit exciting, something different. Well, that answers a question for me. As a 21-year-old, how do you find out, when do you work out what your distance is going to be for your long-term ability to get the best out of yourself as an athlete on the big stage? Yeah, it's certainly a good question. I mean, I'm certainly still happy sticking to 800, 1500 metre distances. Um, Yeah, it's certainly a specialty, but when you get the opportunity to jump up into these longer events and get to use them as one as novelty races and good training, um, you take the opportunity when it arises, but yeah, I think kind of as you come through the ranks and you find where you're one where you're happiest racing and which events you enjoy yourself in the most, and two, I guess that makes it ten times easier when you find the results coming in certain um, certain events. So I presume you bit off all distances uh, when you were younger, um, and not that you're not young now, but when you were younger, younger, you did a bit of cross country as well. Uh, when did you sort of work out that in the lead up to the Com Games, the 1500 was going to be your distance? Was it was it uh, your own ability to get the times? Was it the uh, ability to be able to beat those in Australia or overseas in those events that gave you confidence continuing on in that distance? Yeah, as you said, I did a lot of cross country when I was younger, and pretty much went across all track events as a young athlete through little athletics as a lot of people did um i kind of just found myself drifting towards the middle distance events and going from juniors into um open age i kind of just gravitated towards the 1500 meters and it's always where i've enjoyed the most for me i think it's a great race in terms of it's hard and it really brings in a tactical component to it too which makes it really interesting um and yeah i think gravitating towards those events and finding results that come with them. I found that, yep, this is for me. And I absolutely love doing the 1500. So, yeah, I think it's just you kind of find yourself down that path. So how do you work back from getting selected for Paris 
is what's on your agenda next. It's July to August 2024, so it's about a, a year and a half away. Do you work your calendar back from there? How do you work, work it through in your own mind? Yeah, it's kind of a tough one to approach because realistically it is still a long time away. Um, I guess for athletics in particular, we have, I guess, long-term goals, small-term goals. So long-term at the moment is Paris 2024, which is, yeah, 18 months away. But um, before that, we've still got World Championships in August this year, which for me is the main goal um, to get through the 2023 season Um make it to World Championships over in Budapest later in the year. Um, and I guess coming to the end of that campaign is when we really start heading towards Paris. And, yeah, I guess it's the 12 months from the end of our World Champs that lead into Paris that really is when you start knuckling down and put your focus on that. Well, it's great to have a chat to you. I really appreciate you jumping on. Good luck at the beachside gift and good luck in the lead-up to uh, getting a, a berth in Paris. I hope to watch your progress on the way through to get in there in July, August 2024. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on here, Jane. Abby Corboy joining us. And as I mentioned, we'll give away some double passes as well over the course of uh, the next few days of the show. You can watch Australia's best professional sprinters in action, Mentone Reserve, Saturday, Feb 4. So uh, if you want to be part of it, Saturday, Feb 4. And you can check it out uh, online as well if you want to jump on their website. But it's all there for the Beachside Gift. Take a break. You with Dwayne's Wealth. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Thanks for joining me on Dwayne's World today and for this week. It's been a fun week. Hope you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed it. Uh, Guess what's on Monday? Footy season starts Monday. AFL season always starts the Monday after the Australian Open tennis is done. So it's going to get bigger from here. Looking forward to your company. Midday Madness every day right throughout the footy season. So looking forward to your calls every day on all the things in sport you want to talk about. Put that number in your phone. Uh, make sure you give me a call. one 736 that open line number. I'm going to be here all year with you. Looking forward to having a chat about what you want to chat about, which is the main part of Midday Madison, Dwayne's World. At number for Werribee Kia, one 736 And drop down and see the team at Werribee Kia if you are in the market for a new or used car. They've got a huge new and used car stock. They've been awarded the National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. And they're all down there. Uh, David, Janan, Aid, Jim, uh, the whole team, they'd love to see you. And by the way, their service department is a ripper as well if you need your car serviced. Our Australian updates, our Australian open updates have come to us from the good people at Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar, a pinnacle of engineering Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Of course, the tennis is about to continue. Both men's semi-finals coming your way on SEN. That's why I'm wrapping up early, so uh, the tennis is on straight after the news. So make sure you stick around for that. It's all there on the podcast as well. So if you want to check out any of the interviews we've done today, including our chat with Steel Sidebottom earlier, it's all there on the podcast, the individual interviews or the whole show. If you want to download the whole show. And, uh, of course, Midday Matters brought to you by Melbourne Roadside Rescue. Wrong fuel extraction. Search up shipcreek.com.au. And I'm back for Midday Matters on Monday. I'll catch you then.